Ludwig Sinitz, the founder of our company, left us with a mission. To focus on people, their learning and growing. In the Mindtastic podcast, we want to explore what learning and growing means at TGW Logistics Group. And since we believe that everyone is naturally curious and wants to learn from others, we are here to support that journey. The show is hosted by Tina, your average, curious, passionate TGW employee. That's me. Hi, everyone. Listen to the trailer if you're new to the show and want to know what to expect. Or join Tina on her journey of lifelong learning, because curiosity never stops. And neither do we. Hello, everybody. It's Tina from Austria. Jon from Sweden and... Robert from Spain here. John, Robert, so good to have you. Would you mind introducing yourselves? How about you give me two truths and one lie about yourselves? And I try to guess what the lie is. So, this will be fun for you because I don't think you will be able to get all three of these. Huh, let's see. I spent eight years at a warehouse work and I was so good at forklift driving that I actually went to takeout for competitive driving. Then I have unsociably strong opinions about PowerPoint and other office applicant formatting. And the reason I'm here is that my boss told me when I worked in the warehouse that in five years I will replace you all with robots. Oh, wow. That's hard. Okay, so I think that... You were actually that good at forklift driving and uh, you worked in a warehouse and that your boss told you. And I hope you don't have unsociably strong opinions about PowerPoint. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, but I, I, pl pl please fix the PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the lie? I was wrong, but what is the lie? The lie is actually the, my, my former boss never told me uh, he would, um, that he would replace me all with robots. He just said, I'm closing the plant. Oh. I guess it's my turn now. Um, first one, I would say I, I have always been passionate about interlogistics since I was a child. Second statement, I would say I prefer to work with grocery projects rather than fashion projects. And last but not least, I consider myself a very, very analytical person. Okay, I can see how you could be an analytical person, so I think that fits. See, you got me with the you've ever you've been always passionate about interlogistics. I'm like, how is that possible? Children don't really know what interlogistics means, so I don't buy that one. You are completely right, Tina. Well, because when I was young, mainly I have no clue about interlogistics, and thanks to TJW, I discovered this amazing world. That's really nice to hear. I like that. Well, then let's talk about what you actually do. Both of you design solutions. How would you explain that job to, let's say, a 12-year-old? Very, very easily. I would say that we design automated warehouse so that you can receive your e-commerce orders and you find whatever you're looking for in any physical store. This is exactly what Ooh. we do. If you went to a physical store, you know the conveyor belt we put bear, uh, your goods on. Uh, they want to buy. Think of I'm creating miles and miles of roller, co roller coaster like uh, networks of those by using cool math computer and robots. Ooh, good one too. Both of you have really great answers to that one. Okay, let's dive into the little more deeper. 
what are typical tasks for a solution designer? I would say that mainly we have three main tasks. First of all is the data analysis, where mainly we extract all the important information to design our warehouse, static, dynamic capacities, order structure, and so on. Second phase, I would say, would be the concepting phase, where we switch from data to a solution using TCW portfolio products. And last but not least, the costing, which is also very important to, to cost the solution. Anything yeah. to add, John? No, but I, I completely agree. I, I would just use the in a more holistic sense and saying that what are we doing? We are solving logistic problems for our customers by applying GDW products. And then as, as Robert says, there is really steps to it and you can dive really deep to it, deep to, to all of them. But I think in, in, in the short essence, it's like we, we see their problem, we help them digest the problems and we solve them for them. And that is the solution we actually design. See, that's really interesting to me that you're talking about solving problems. Because I thought a customer might come to TGW and that the customer already knows what it is that they are looking for. That they have a specific idea. Let's say they want a fulfillment center and it should be like this and it should be like that and we help them develop it. However, from what I understood so far, that is not necessarily true, is it? Well... It's not necessarily untrue either, uh, because we we do have we have a large range of customers. Some of them, some of the largest one we have, they come back to us and buy three, four sites a year, and they are really prescriptive to what they want. They they know exactly what they want, and and then work with us to design it. But they are they are they could be even leading the process, and. Um, at the, on the other of the end of the spectrum, we have warehouses that have been uh, operating manually. We are talking directly to the family or the owner of it, and they have never seen anything when it comes to automation, where we actually need to hold them in hand from from day and walk them through the process. Completely agree with what John had already said. We have a, a big range of customers, some with more expertise in interlogistics, and other ones that are completely new because they, they're actually working with manual operations. I actually was uh, with, a, with a customer of ours a couple of years back, and it was, really, it was a family-owned um, company. And um, the owner himself, uh, that was also the CEO at the time, so this thing was second or third generation, he could sit in meetings with us and discuss basically trying to invent things. Uh, new products, new new theories, down to the mechatronical level of of the things we do. Uh, it was like quite interesting to see how someone who has like a couple of thousand employees, but would dive into how, how a shuttle lift would work, for example. Which is so there really are a, a wide spectrum here. Exactly, and that sounds that's a cool story because. Um, I mean, intra logistics, usually people don't go like, I'm so passionate about that. I get that. Why you would work in that field? People don't know how cool that field can be. And you just shared a story that shows once people dive into it, especially if they like um, great technical solutions and solving problems in a, in a way like that, then it's like, wow, that's really cool that you can actually do that in that way. And so I can see how it would be inspired by our solutions to think about even cooler solutions. As you can tell, I'm already learning a lot from talking to you both because you shared how, for example, data and uh, thinking about the costs 
is part of your job. And I initially assumed, since in your title it says designer, that you only design what we call layouts. So far to speak to that, so everyone knows what a layout is. That is the physical uh, or the, the graphical representation of the warehouse on usually a 2D, 2D space. Um, and I actually, I, I started in GW as an application engineer who is the, in sales phase, the owner uh, of, of the drawings. Nowadays, I, I don't really dive that into or I never do them myself. And I, I, I can always work like the way we bounce ideas of, of one another. But in, in placing the layout, I place the functional box. I want this to do this. And exactly how it does it, or exactly the routing of the layout type, I, I leave that to the experts because they are way better at it than, than I am. Who would that be? That would be the application engineer for the for the sales team. To sum up what John is saying, the layout is mainly drawn by the application engineer. We, as system designers, we are giving him the necessary information to draw it. That's such a great explanation. But going back to my question, I initially assumed. Designer means it's a really creative job. It's a lot about drawing. Can you maybe talk a bit more about what are the creative elements in your job? Because it is still a creative job. Sure, it is. I would say that we have mainly two ways of creativity in our job. The first one is the designing solution itself. Okay, um, In TGW, we have different products and different solutions in our portfolio. So this is the first way of creativity we must choose um, some of our portfolio products and solutions. And second way of creativity, I would say that is the configuration of the solution within the building. Yes, and I think when you, when you say design, a lot of people have that. It's like meaning arts and craft and shapes, uh, colors and ma making stuff beautiful. Um, and beautiful is really in the eye of beholder like simplicity I'm, I'm from scandinavia so scandinavian design is simple and i think that that kind of goes to like when you can create something that it looks uncluttered it wor works to per it works the idea what you wanted to do that could be a part of design like so, some people say have you seen a, a goodwill hunting you have what where we are talking about math and and design or art in the same sentence really and I think we're you, you could you could you can use the design word quite broadly, and I think we have to do it for this role. Completely agree. In fact, in sales, it's very very interesting and very important to make our solution look good. And that makes sense. Everything you said, from saying a simple design is one that works best, and it's one that you need to think a lot about to have a good understanding of how to build it so that you can do it in the way that appeals to a customer. In fact, Tina, right now we are currently working with 3D models in sales phase in early stages because it's way more visual from the customer to understand and to see the, the logistic warehouse. And this is very helpful for us because it, it makes look better as well. And in that way, they can really see this is how it will look like in the end. Exactly. It's still kind of sounds like part of your job is similar to that of an architect. In which ways, yes. In which ways, not so much. Uh, I actually used that in my, in, my, um, in my interview when I interviewed for the role of application engineer. So I think the quote was, so basically I will be the civil engineer to the architect. 
And then I actually first time referred to solution design as architecture. Mm -hmm. So it's a... Oh, I like, we were thinking alike. I have another perspective as well. I would say that more than architecture, um, sometimes in the projects we act as interior designers, let's say, that we distribute Ooh. the furniture and the different areas within the space that we have, the current building. I can... That's a, such a great way to put it. Now I can really see, oh yeah, that's what it's really about. So that helps me understand your job even better. What would you say are constraints to your creativity? For me, there's one, mainly um, physical limitations of the building. And I will add another one that is the, the cost of the solution itself. Mm -hmm. And I actually had the exact same, same ideas, but it's, it's mainly Isaac Newton. He has like a great story and invented calculus and all the things 400 years ago when he was, when he was bored during a pandemic, I, believe, I think that was how he did it. So we could all take a look at ourselves and see how we did it during the pandemic. But Newton's three laws is a really big holdup in trying to move anything to anywhere. So physics and money. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so... When I'm listening to you describing your tasks and responsibilities and how you work as solution designers, I think it's pretty obvious that there's a lot of different things you do in your job. So I assume that anyone who appreciates variety must really enjoy working in your field or profession. How do you feel about this? I think the most important thing to to say about this is that we have we have the same role and we are probably working it quite differently. You could have really different backgrounds and really different skill set. You could you could be a generalist of of a lot of things, or you can be a special thing in either mechatronic design or um, more or less financial modeling of um, of the business of um, anyone who needs logistics. And so the skill set could be so. Uh, wide, and I think Robert actually touched about uh, on the most critical one when he said uh, analytics, uh, concepting, and costing. Exactly, exactly. And uh, so, uh, add to that attention to detail and analytical mind is what I think is the most important one. Yeah, and John, you just mentioned the hard skills, let's say, which are the analytical, uh, know digital products very well know the interlogistics process as well, but I will add as well a large list of soft skills that any solution designer needs. Mainly, as an example, we need to be result-driven, for example. It's very easy to get lost in data. Also, teamwork is a very, very important skill. We're working, as, as you know, with um, sales core teams, so we need to work as one family. Also, patience, I would say, is a soft skill that in sales is needed because we do a lot of rework and patience is, is necessary. And last but not least, I would say that we system designers or solution designers, we need to be very organized because we are discussing different topics and open points at the same time. We should also always remember that we work together as a team and we have a different set in that team of, of skills. And we, we should trust that we are always trying to come up with the best result and be open to 
the experiences of others just because it's your role to do this or that it not mean that you have the best input to that at this particular case i was surprised to learn how uh, how the teamwork is so important during sales and how so many people come together and work together that's something we touched on when I talk to sales project managers as well. And I'm so impressed and I find that really inspiring how teamwork is such a big part of what you do. And you already talked about it a little bit. I want to follow up a little bit more here. What do you think makes a core team, as we call it, successful? And, and it's, re it's really interesting that a team, even if we are, we are as we are sitting here, Robert, you're sitting in Spain right now, Tina in the uh, middle of Europe in Austria, and I'm here up in the north in Sweden. And we, we, are, we are working here together and recording this. No one would notice this if I didn't say it. And we work the same thing in, in the projects. We can be sitting spread out over, over Europe, sitting in Austria, even in the U.S., And we, we're talking together and working as a team that we are just sitting out an arm's reach with, with technology. Yeah, there's something magical about that, how people come together and then work on something and then you in the end have a great result and everybody's really proud of that. That's why I said I'm really inspired by hearing how much teamwork is part of your job and how that is really cool. What exactly is your role or responsibility in that team? I would say that we're the ones responsible for understanding the customer and their needs. My responsibility is to have for the customer a solution that works for their needs. Um, then you have the internally, uh, you are aligning a lot of the work and making sure that they, we are actually move, working together to that. So with the pro software and process consultant and the application engineer, sales product manager and um, I mean, as a solution designer, as well as taking in the input from, we, we never designed this system by ourselves. We have a huge company behind us with a lot of experts that always need to be aligned. And we we kind of tie that together. So in a sense, we are, we are doing internal product management, I think. <laughs> and I, I will add that we act as a link between the technical solution and the sales project manager as well. What's a solution designer's nightmare? A never-ending project. <laughs> <laughs> And to that, when you get data in PDFs. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know what you mean, John. <laughs> okay, so taking a moment to reflect on what I've learned today. And that is a lot. I learned how much data and analytics are part of your job, which I didn't know before. But... Also how it's still a very creative job, how you want to have a good solution that it's easy and efficient, how you work together in teams a lot. And that's, I said that before, I find that really inspiring how much teamwork matters in your field and what you shared, how you want to build on each other's strength. Such interesting points, such cool things you shared about your job today. So... And I really enjoyed talking to both of you because you're um, really spontaneous in your answers. You're really honest. I can tell you really like your jobs. So thanks for sharing what you did share today with us. With pleasure. We are not going to finish today without a few more questions for you. What's the title of your memoir about being a solution designer? I was spending this off J.R. Tolkien. There and back again. 
uh, over conveyors? I would say learning by doing. What does working at TGW mean for you? I like Mondays nowadays. <laughs> for me, working in TGW as system designer um, means being proactive and result-driven, one of our core values. It's been so much fun with you two. I really enjoyed the discussion we had going today. But everything has come to an end, so... Give me some famous last words for saying bye-bye to our listeners. Since I'm working in an Austrian company, I would use a famous sentence from Arnold Schwarzenegger, Intermator movie, Sayonara, baby. <laughs> That's so cool. John, can you top that? That is a tough one. See us again. Summer tid, summer canal. And uh, you will probably have to go to Google Translate and get that in Swedish. <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> I have no clue. I was like looking at him like, yeah, sure, sure, whatever. I have no idea, but sure. <laughs> I'm going to have to find out what that means. Once again, thank you so much. Thanks, Tina. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Tina. Thank you for having us. This podcast is produced by Mantastic. As the Global Learning and Development Department at TGW Logistics Group, We care about making learning an experience. If you found this episode valuable, share it with colleagues and friends and give us a review. We'd love to hear feedback. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on further episodes. To connect with us, drop us a message at mindtastic at tgw-group.com. You can also check out our show notes for more information. Tina, any last words? Until next time, keep learning and growing. <laughs>